today it's uh it's good to be back uh worshiping uh with everybody that's listening this morning uh you know it's been a been quite a few weeks since we've got behind the stand and uh i'm excited i'm excited to get back to, uh, to preaching i'm excited to get back to church you know i'm, I'm definitely excited to uh, get over some of this sickness that i've had uh, over this past uh, few weeks uh uh, remember some of the ones in the church that's going through different uh, problems, different uh, situations. Uh, continue to pray for each other. Uh, you know this is a this is a tough time for a lot of people, but I'm glad uh, to be in church this morning. Uh, digitally, even if we're we're not physically in church, I'm glad that we can be uh, digitally, virtually. And worship together some. But uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, we'll be in the book of John, uh, the book of John, chapter 1, uh, verses 40 through 42. If you have your Bibles, uh, John, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 40 through 42. And the Word of God says this is one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. Lord, we, we thank you for your peace, your love, your joy. Uh, we thank you uh, for allowing us, Lord, to allow, allowing us to read the scripture this morning. Lord, I, I thank you for impressing upon our hearts. Lord, I pray that we can have open hearts, open ears, open minds to accept the message. And Lord, I, I pray for those that are struggling. I pray for those that are in the hospitals, uh, in the nursing homes, Lord, uh, in the military. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that special prayer over so many people going through different things. In Jesus' name I ask this morning, amen. Now, in this piece of scripture, we see we see Peter, and we see Peter being called a, a Cephas. And uh, sometimes we, we're focused too much on the events. We're focused too much on uh, what we can uh, do. We, we focus maybe sometimes uh, uh, not really on the process uh, that we have to be focused on. We use uh, we use events instead of uh, using a process. Uh, to form who we are. We, we go through struggles. Now, uh, we, we struggle day in and day out. I, I struggled for a few days in the hospital. I struggled uh, day in and day out to try to be the Christian, to try to be the pastor, the preacher, the husband, uh, the, the employee that I need to be, and I struggle each and every day with that. And a lot of us, uh, we avoid uh, discomfort. Now, discomfort is something that's ruled as a as a bad thing we avoid it we stay away from it we we try to say that if we're struggling something is not right and uh, the truth is if you are struggling today uh, you're probably in the right place <laughs> a lot of people don't like to hear that uh, but struggling uh, actually lines up with what christ teaches us that we'll go through day in day out uh, now I'm not saying that your sickness is to blame uh, for you know for different things, but uh, struggling is something that as a Christian you, you have to get used to, 
uh, you have to go through it. Uh, the Bible promises a struggle. In fact, it doesn't promise us uh, a whole lot of wonderful things in our lives, uh, but struggle. Uh, struggling is definitely something that we're promised. Uh, uh, I want you to realize something that uh, we're speaking today about process, about about getting to where we need to be at. There's there's going to be, and the whole process ends up being uh, helping us to understand that there is hope. There is hope today. Uh, has anyone uh, ever realized that becoming more like Jesus is a constant struggle? Uh, becoming more like uh, our Lord and Savior is sometimes a, a process. It's not something that you just immediately become. It's not something that you immediately have it whipped as soon as you get it done. You know, for three and a half years, Peter was called to follow Jesus. And I really like to look at Peter, and I look at Peter more than I do anybody else. And I've preached on Peter numerous times, probably in the last couple of years, as numerous times that I've brought up Peter. But Peter is just an excellent example of looking at the process of becoming a Christian and realizing that it is difficult, it is a struggle, you will make mistakes, and you, you're going to have to make a choice eventually. If you could be presto changeo, if you could automatically, magically make yourself something different, you would. But it's a process. I think of a story of a butterfly, and I, and I read this story this week about this man that was found the cocoon of a butterfly, and he slowly started it open. He, he saw it starting to open. And he was very patient with it. And he sat and he watched a butterfly for, for, for a lot, quite some time. And it was struggling to get through the little bitty hole. There's a little small hole in the cocoon that the butterfly eventually crawls through. And what happened was, is the man saw the butterfly trying to get through the hole for hours and hours. It was struggling. And finally, it just stopped. It almost appeared like the butterfly could not go any further. And what did the man do? The man decided, hey, I'll, I'll take some scissors. I'll snip this hole uh, just a little bit bigger. And what happened? The butterfly came out of the cocoon very easily. And when the butterfly came out of the cocoon, it was swollen. Its wings were kind of shriveled up. It didn't look good. And the man looked and said, well... Uh, any moment uh, these wings will get bigger, the body will uh, look right, it will contract, it will uh, start to do better, it will eventually get up, it will fly. But it didn't. It never did. In fact, the butterfly was stuck in a swollen, messed up state until it died. And sometimes we have to realize that struggles are designed to be in our life. God designed the cocoon of a butterfly a very small, so when the butterfly pushes itself through that little small hole in that cocoon, it actually pushes all the fluid in its body throughout, throughout its body and pushes it out to its wings, and its wings fill up, and it becomes who it needs to be. We are only as strong as some of the obstacles that we go through it, it, the obstacles that we go through helps us. We can never learn to fly unless God designed it for us. I'm not trying to preach to you some sort of feel-good message with that, but we do struggle. The butterfly has to struggle to get out of the cocoon. And as we look at the the struggle and the Christian journey, 
uh, this morning for a little while with Peter. Peter struggled with a lot of things, and all the disciples did. And you know, I'm not going to touch on everything that Peter struggled with because there was there's quite a list of things that Peter struggled with. But we make decisions, and then we have to fight for it over and over every day. We have to make a decision that we're going to serve the Lord. We have to make a decision that we're going to go to church. We have to make a decision that we're going to sit on Facebook for 25, 30 minutes and listen to the preacher's message. We have to make a decision. Now, some of these decisions are new decisions that we may be making, but they're decisions each and every day that we choose to or not to do each each and every time. And we'll look at some of those struggles this morning. I think I've got three or four with Peter that he struggled. And the first struggle that we see is is Peter being called Cephas. And some people, you know, they read that and they say, well, that's the rock and you know, he's the foundation that the church is founded upon. But it, it's, it's really a prophecy over Peter's life when he says this. And I think Peter realizes it maybe then, he realizes it more later in his life. But uh, he, you know, he's an old fisherman. He's he's kind of set in his ways. I think one of the the greatest struggles that we go through and fight for in our faith is to understand who we are and who we are to God and who we are to serve Him. Uh, not so much as our call from Him, not so much as our our being a Christian, but how much are we going to put into the effort? H- how are we going to identify who? Are we going to be as a Christian? How much are we going to invest in this thing? And this is difficult. This is hard. This is, I believe that as a Christian, we struggle more with identity than we do with anything. And you say, Zach, are you trying to say that we identify with how we dress or how we act or how we speak or how we, or how we do it? Yes, all of it. We struggle with identity. Denominations struggle with identity. We, 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 sometimes we feel we have to look a certain part. We have to dress a certain way. We have to speak uh, a certain way. And a lot of those things are, are important, uh, but those are things that people struggle with, and they're difficult. We fight our past. We fight our personality. We fight peer pressure. We, we, we say, who are we? Who are we in Christ? How far are we willing to let Christianity take us? What part are you willing to commit to your faith? What are you willing to give up? That's one of the hardest questions a newfound Christian has to ask herself. What are you going to give up? What is going to change? Realize you probably already made the decision. Realize that today. You probably have already made the decision on who you're going to be as a Christian right now. And it's probably not where you nearly need to be. Now, the biggest thing is you've made the decision, but are you really walking through that decision? On a daily basis. Every day. Every day you struggle. Every day you go through this identity crisis. You don't know who to do. You don't know uh, who to be friends with. You don't know how to talk. You don't know how to witness right. You don't know. <laughs> uh, my goodness, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I've been preaching for, for a few years now, and it's uh, you know sometimes I I question my messages. I question how to serve. I I question how to visit. I question so many things. My identity. 
What's your identity today? What do you struggle with? On who are you to God? And is God challenging you to become more? More than you are right now? That's the real question. Can you be more than you are right now? He struggled with his identity. Uh, Peter also struggled with his faith. Now, I think that's also something that a lot of us struggle with. We look in John chapter 6 and we find a story. I won't read it verse for verse, but we find a story about Jesus feeding 5,000 people with two, lo two fish and five loaves. And we see Simon Peter and we, we see him struggle with his faith over and over again. He claims it and then he fails the test. We and as we follow God, I, I think that we and, and Simon Peter, he fully intends on, on our faith growing uh, into a greater ability. I, I think that the ability to have faith is introduced to us by test. I think each and every one of us, every day, we talk about these struggles. They could be called tests. They could be called whatever we want to call them. He gives us tests. God is in control of the test, and he intends on us, what, to pass them. I believe when God puts something in our way, I believe that God fully intends on us handling it. He does. We may handle it wrong. We may handle it right. But too many times, we as Christians, as we grow in faith, we, we grow kind of like those swimmers. It's kind of like me. I'm not a very good swimmer. And when I get in a pool or the deep end of the pool, I want you to know something. I, you probably won't see me swimming around in the deep end of the pool because I've never really learned to swim all that well. I've learned just enough to keep me alive. I can doggy paddle down there to the other end of the pool, and I can doggy paddle my way back. But truly swimming and jumping in a river and swimming across a river, that's, not, that's never going to happen to me. I'm not going to want to do that. And why? Because I've never learned to swim, and a lot of Christians today have never really learned about their faith, never really learned about what uh, is expected of them to grow in the faith, to grow uh, in what they know in the Bible. It's kind of like a, a K through 12. You know, faith is, is, is really an educational process. And, you know, I, I tell you, it's like being in kindergarten and going all the way to 12th grade. You got associates, you got bachelor's, doctorates, uh, and... Uh, when it is time for our faith, we have to really look at how is it doing? How is it progressing? Are we getting stronger in our faith? How much more able are you able to trust God right now than when you started your journey? Really. How much more can you trust God today than the day that you got saved? So Peter struggled with identity. He struggled with his faith. Peter also struggled with truth. It's the ability to be honest with yourself and to be honest with God. It's hard to be honest with yourself. It's amazing how well we deceive ourselves. We trick ourselves. For Simon Peter, we, we see him struggle worse by far in the end, for the truth. We see him in the outer courts as a failure. We see him go through difficult situations. We see him at the foot washing. We see 
him say, is it me, Lord? Am I the one? And he's, he's looking and seeing and says, the Spirit's willing is what Jesus tell him, but your flesh is weak. Can you imagine when Peter is standing by that fire and for the third time he denies Christ? He denies him. He weeps bitterly. He, he's tore up about what he's just did to his Lord and Savior because everything that the Lord told him would happen has come true. And he is just completely lost of himself. He's struggling for the truth, for who he is. For If you and I are going to be serious in our walk with Jesus Christ, we have to be honest about the condition that we're in right now. Allow it to show up. Allow it to speak. Allow it to be there. Show who you are. Don't lie about where you're at. God knows. Peter was in a bad place. A bad place denying the Lord. Could you imagine how he felt at that, at that moment? And it coming out of his mouth and saying, I don't know him. We have to deal with really who we are. Our true condition, our true shape. It reveals itself. It doesn't matter how much you want to hide it. It's going to come out. So he struggled with his truth. Struggled with his identity. The next thing that we see is he struggles after failure. I can't imagine what was going through Peter's mind there, standing next to the fire, starting to cuss and raise Cain and then he realizes what he's done and he's just denied Christ. And now we fast forward to the crucifixion. He's laid in a tomb. And guess who runs down to the tomb when they heard the body's gone? It was Peter. Now, Peter is running down to a tomb. This is to have to face a man that he denied. He had failed. He had done these horrible things, but Peter still runs down to the tomb to see him. He wants to see him face to face. Later, he goes fishing. And Peter sees him walking. Peter sees him cooking. He, Peter jumps off the boat, swims over to him because he realizes who he is. And then Jesus asked him, he said, do you love me, Peter? He said, yes, Lord. I'll read that scripture, John chapter 21, verse 14. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So that when he had died, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And I want you to realize what it says about Peter. Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. Ain't it good to know that even after failing, even after making the mistakes that Peter made, even after falling short, 
using profane language and acting a fool, denying Christ, deserting him at the cross, that when Peter comes back, he comes back running to the tomb and he jumps off the ship the next time he sees him on the riverbank and wants to go over and, and be with him. I want you to know something. There is life after failure. You're going to mess up. <laughs> I've messed up more times than I would like to talk about. You are going to mess up. How long, how many failures do you think that Christ accepts? I think he accepts them all. No matter what we do, no matter how we behave, no matter how we how do we act, how long does it go until what? You can fail as many times as you want to, backslide, mess up, sin, whatever you want to call it today. But the real the real situation this morning is not that you failed. It's not that you've messed up. It's not that you've sinned. It's not that you've done certain things that you're not proud of. The real thing that really matters is how do you respond when Jesus shows back up in your life? How do you respond? Do you pretend he's not there? Do you continue living life the way that you've always lived it? Or do you change? There's so many times that Jesus has showed back up in my life and I've had to make that decision. Luckily, <laughs> I've been blessed to be able to be <laughs> to make the right decisions and go right, right back to him. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've fallen short. I know that I've made mistakes. How long does it go till we respond? How much does it really affect you? Do you lose sleep at night? Does everything go wrong? At work, in your marriage, at church, is things not. How much does it affect you that you are not living the right life? And what kind of cycle of failures in your life? We fail. I know. I, <laughs> I'm not exempt from being a failure in so many ways. But I want you to realize something today, church. That the struggle, as 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 you've heard it said before. The struggle is real. It is real. It's difficult in this life to continue to walk with Christ. Peter is a great example to help us understand that we will make mistakes. We will fall short. We will struggle with who we are. We will struggle with our faith. We will struggle with the truth and understanding who we really are and we will struggle after we fail. We will. We're not exempt. As you contemplate that this morning, I, I hope and I pray that each and every one of you, uh, after you failed, you've bounced back. After you failed, you, you've made a turn. After you failed, and I'm, I'm telling you, it's not the big failures that bother me sometimes. It's those little ones. It's those little ones when I... I didn't say what I should have said. It's those struggles sometimes when I didn't get to do what I wanted to do because I was too busy. It's those things that sometimes I just didn't get to uh, spend the time with this person or that person. I didn't get to say what I wanted to say. Uh, some of those things bothered me more than any of the big things ever could. But I want you to know that Jesus loves you. No matter what you failed at, no matter what you've done, Jesus still loves you. And I want you to know something that he'll save your soul today.
It'll save your soul. If you're lost and undone, you've never accepted Christ, I want you to know something. He loves you. You may have a life full of failures, and I've had plenty of them, just like I've already said, but I'm glad I got a Redeemer. I've got somebody that loves me. I got somebody that when I jump off the ship, he'll have the food cooked on the riverbank when I get over there. I'm glad that he's always there for me. He's always loved me. He'll always be there. And I hope that you have him in your heart this morning. I hope that you've enjoyed the message. We love you. We appreciate you. And I hope y'all have a good week.